Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Hey, Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw Matt Chat. Once again, this month we have an awesome friendo joining us here on Matt Chat. Uh, we couldn't be happier to have Ross from Cultaholic. How you doing, Ross? I'm not too bad, lads. I'm sure you could be happier. You could add somebody better than me, that's for sure. I know where I stand in the pantheon of guests on this illustrious show, but I need to ask you two. I would be remiss if I asked anything else to start off this show. How are your holes? Are your holes good? My, my hole is my my holes holes are are fine. good. Yeah. I, I said my holes are swell, but I guess you can read a little <laughs> too, that much, too much into that. So my holes are fine. I keep up with my fiber intake, so my Same. hole is uh, it, it's a machine at this point, man. Um, anyways, plenty, you, of, plenty of greens, plenty of salads, plenty of fiber. Everything's doing great. Get some grape nuts in me. Uh, so, uh, Ross, you were so gracious enough to bring us on to Straight to Hell, and we had a blast doing that. So, we thought it was a no brainer to bring you here on the Matt Chat to talk some wrestling. Um, in case the people have been living under a rock and they don't know what Cultaholic is, uh, they really need to get savvy to it. Where can you be found? I can be found as part of Cultaholic Wrestling on the YouTube, which is like going in Raw, but slightly worse. It's uh, Cultaholic Wrestling on YouTube. We also do Twitch, uh, which is twitch.tv forward slash Cultaholic. That's uh, every single day of the week. We've got stuff going on there. I think that's just about it. You can sub to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic, all that good stuff. So, yeah, I really do mean that, by the way, because uh, going back to that, um, that Las Vegas trip we all had, I was sat there on that stage next to you two, fine gentlemen, just listening to you do our job better than any of us can do here at Cultaholic, thinking, wait, we are frauds. We are disgraced. Oh, we are a disgrace gosh. this profession. Ross, the, the numbers don't, in the words of Scott Steiner, the numbers don't lie. And, and they you guys spell, do they spell doom for Stephen Larson. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but listen, I, I just, before we get started, I, I'd like you to do one small favor for me. If you can tell uh, Adam Pacitti next time he's on your Twitch channel, when he's watching old BBC shows, if he could please watch Number Jacks, uh, I would tune in and gift five subs uh, to that stream, please just tell him number jacks. What is number jacks? I've not heard of this at all. He knows all about it. He knows he knows all about it. He's been resistant so far to watching it. It's an old kids show that has like these weird anthropomorphic numbers uh, with revolutionary CG. He knows all about it. Just tell Adam Bacitti <laughs> to watch 
number jacks, I'll and I'll be that. a very happy person. This is this is all this is some long term storytelling from Steve here. He wants to all see right. it come to fruition. That's what it is. <laughs> I needle That's him in is. any way possible about number jacks. He has no idea what it is. All right, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and kick this thing off. Our first question comes to us from Dirty Rich. Let's see what Dirty Rich has to say. There's three of you. So very easy. One of you has to say why Edge should fight for the WWE title. The other, the Universal. The third, NXT. And then you guys have to debate each other on, of course, why yours is the better decision versus theirs. Really all I can think of, but still. Too sweet, as always. Just be cool. Thanks, boys. All right. Thank you, Dirty Rich. Thank Ross, you, Dirty Rich. What do you say? What title should Edge go after? Thank you, Dirty Richard. I am a sentimental man, um, so I'm going to read out two dates to you. The 11th of April, 2011, Edge delivers his farewell speech on Monday Night Raw. We all cried. I'm still crying about it today. It just so happens that on the 11th of April, 2021, is WrestleMania 37 Night 2. So I need to see Edge topple Roman Reigns and take back what is, I guess, the spiritual successor to the belt he never lost. And I can see what's coming in the comments section down below. Edge is not an old man coming back for a payday. He is different from Goldberg and people of that ilk. Edge is a man who had what he loves to do, which is being a wrestler, being a bastard, the ultimate opportunist and all that stuff. He had it taken away from him before he was ready to have it taken away. So he's fought back. He's made the impossible very much possible. And since they're 10 years apart to the day, it's got to happen. So universal title for me. It's, it definitely seems like uh, it would not shock me if that's exactly the route they took. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and that that's one that has so much perfect symmetry to it. Uh, and, uh, and Edge has been built up as this, you know, big star. Uh, I mean, he's been a big star for like decades now. And uh, I could definitely see that happening. I, however, am going to go a different route. I'm going to say Edge should go after uh, the WWE championship currently held by Drew McIntyre. I think the idea, I think that when you look at the the opening segments or the segments uh, that we've seen over the past couple of weeks where Edge visited territory after territory after territory, twice at the Thunderdome, once at the Capitol Wrestling Center. And, you know, he confronted Finn Balor, who was too busy staring lovingly into Pete Dunne's eyes. Uh, he confronted uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, and then and he confronted, of course, first Drew McIntyre. I thought that the encounter that had the most sizzle to it, that had the most uh, 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 attention to it, was the idea of Edge, who's a good guy, and Drew McIntyre, the ultimate good guy, standing face to face. It's like, man, I want to see how chippy this this can get. I want to see Edge take on Drew McIntyre. Uh, I think that, granted, Edge has not been proven to be a ratings boost necessarily, but I do think that a changing of the guard at the top of Raw might uh, give Drew McIntyre some more interesting stuff to do than he's been doing previous. Uh, I think that uh, that Edge, you know, potentially taking on maybe like The Fiend in one of his first title defenses could be pretty interesting given that The Fiend is all about mining the past of those wrestlers. Uh, I think that uh, Edge uh, taking on Drew McIntyre would probably, for my money, be the most compelling story there uh, uh, at, at WrestleMania. Yeah, 
you're, I think you're spot on about the ratings woes for Raw. I think Edge benefits them most there. Uh, the the symmetry Ross mentioned as far as Edge coming out on top, winning a title, whether it be the Universal or WWE title, uh, 10 years after he had to retire. Great storytelling. I would not be surprised if that happened. That being said, I'm still really pessimistic that Roman's going to lose anytime soon. I mean, it could be he could have a Bruno-esque run for all we know. Uh, the way they're they're booking his character, the way uh, he's performing. Uh, so uh, I'm going to say the NXT title uh, during the uh, pre-takeover conference call uh, that Triple H typically does before takeovers. Uh, he mentioned that he has had conversations with Edge about coming to NXT, that Edge has provided him with a list of wrestlers that he wants to compete against. And I have no doubt in my mind that one Finn Balor is on that list. Uh, he put Finn over huge uh, during his promo on NXT when he was there. Saying Finn was operating at a whole other level, uh, Edge credited NXT to a certain extent with motivating, inspiring his comeback. Um, uh, in you know, and, and if you want to help NXT, like gosh darn it, just kind of compete on a weekly basis against AEW, put that belt on Edge. I know that one week he was on, it didn't do anything for the ratings. Uh, that being <laughs> said, give it some time, have Edge there, put on. Put, he just had the greatest match in w, of all time by WWE's own admission. With Randy Orton, put him in NXT. Imagine him having takeover <laughs> matches on a quarterly basis. You're talking quarterly greatest match of all time from Edge. <laughs> so uh, it just makes all the sense in the world. Edge seems to be back uh, in, in, in the world of pro wrestling to tell interesting stories and put on compelling matches. And if he wants to do that under the WWE umbrella, there's no better place for him to do that than NXT, NXT, NXT. Actually, my real answer, Rich didn't mention him, is Walter. Give me oh. Walter versus oh, Edge. That's what I Damn want. It. You want Edge to die? <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it means I get to see Walter kill him, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh God, I want to do the thing where he slide, where he chops him on the front and then kicks him and then chops him on the back. That's my oh, that's favorite great. move in pro that's wrestling great. now. Is the chop to the front, chop to the back uh, uh, combo that Walter that Walter does. Walter's yeah. the best. Um, speaking of which, let's let's veer off topic for a brief moment here. Uh, Ross, being a resident of aforementioned UK, NXT UK. Uh, who's going to take that title off Walter? <laughs> I've got no idea. I've got absolutely no idea. And that's not just because I don't watch the weekly show. I watch all the takeovers. When they have UK takeovers, they're always fantastic shows. But in no way, even though I'm from over here, am I inclined to watch that NXT UK program? Really? Oh, I I've love it. No, it's like it, my but, favorite thing. Is it, re- is it actually good? Yeah. I lo- Well, okay. I have very peculiar taste, uh, particular tastes. So, and peculiar taste. So <laughs> I love it. I love it because it's very, I, I, I have a, an affinity for the UK and, and, and it's very, very, it's very British. Yeah. And so uh, I really, I really love it. So who on the roster could potentially do it because they've obviously done Dragunov now and he didn't take it. So who, who is there out there? Joseph yeah, Connors? I, I have a feeling it'll be Ilya once crowds are back. Uh, I think it's going to be Ilya when crowds are back too. They're doing a story now where he's like, he has to go back to, to stage one and he's found this new, like sort of zombie version of himself where he like leaves his body. It's like a Bushi in new Japan. Like he sort of leaves his body and he turns into it like a, a, a scary person. They're sort of doing that story with him. So I think it's going to be scary. Ilya taking off Walter when, when fans come back, but I don't mm-hmm. know, man, I could also see them giving Walter just like a run for as long as he wants it. A Bruno esque run. Yes, totally. Yeah. I love it though. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, 
Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Uh, let's see here. Next up, we've got Patrick Sparks roaming around his backyard. Let's see what Patrick has to say. My question this week or this month is after Mania, I'm predicting Drew walks out, Roman walks out with the titles. Not really sure what Finn's going to do. But what are they going to do after that? What new stories are they going to do? And what could be the best ones? Thank you, Patrick Sparks. At least I assume that's his backyard. It might be somebody else's backyard. I don't know. Anyways, Uh, let's see here. So what should Drew and Roman do after? Okay, so let's assume Drew and Roman go to Mania. They take care of business there. They win their respective matches, and they retain their titles. Nothing wonky happens between now and Mania. Uh, I'm going to say this. This is probably going to be a really unpopular answer, but I'm trying to go a little bit outside the box here. I still think no matter how bad they are, you can still turn around retribution. I think Mustafa Ali being Drew's first opponent, if, and this is a huge if, and I know this is, this is where it gets problematic. This is where it becomes an issue. Raw's creative is so bad that turning around retribution is kind of a non-starter. But Mustafa Ali's promos have been so damn good, especially when he's on Raw Talk, that I think they can turn it around. I think they can do it. I think maybe if they do a big sort of angle where they have the members of retribution strip those stupid masks off and say, listen, this was the process it took for you to, to regain your identities. You're now who you were before. And then maybe that'll turn them around. I don't know what they can do, but I think Mustafa Ali is 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 doing stuff that could be compelling if they let Retribution actually be a threatening group, which they're a long way from right now. Oh, yes. But I think that if they could do that, to me, it's a non-obvious choice with a guy who really could do some cool work, Mustafa Ali. That's what I think I'd like to see with Drew McIntyre. Uh, with Roman Reigns, um, I mean, if they're if they're not going to do Daniel Bryan uh, leading up to Mania, do Daniel Bryan after WrestleMania. All right. Uh, so uh, I'm going to say Jinder Mahal for Drew McIntyre. Oh, uh, okay. There's backstory there. Good. I uh, like it. Uh, you know, it, it, a lot of times after WrestleMania, when someone you know like vanquishes like a high high profile, highly powered opponent, their first feud after Mania is a bit of a step down. You know, gender, he and Drew have history as part of three man band. Uh, they were both in one of Seamus workout videos. I'm assuming they're friends. Um, and uh, <laughs> use that as storyline stuff. Yes. Uh, so, there, you know, uh, gender's uh, world title reign wasn't great, but there were moments that were enjoyable. You they know, packaged um, them well. They packaged yeah, them. Yeah, they really did. Well. There's moments that were all right. Um, what, what, what were they? <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, there's like a couple moments of the feud with Randy. The stuff with Nakamura was not good. The best uh, was the a... great Carly hoisting the title as if it was his own. But apart from that, oh, there was none. Yeah. He loved it. He loved that. <laughs> well, I'm trying. To, I'm just trying to make a case here. So Randy yeah, Orton, Randy Orton, you can, you can he, take it or leave it. It's fine. Didn't he start dumping people through tables? Uh, starting with the Bollywood Boys. Yeah, yeah. He started doing the belly to back on the announce table with the Bollywood Boys, and that one he what was it? Uh, one of them he just about dropped on his head. Yeah. He's like, yeah. So anyway, so I'm gonna say gender. I think there's some storyline potential there that could be interesting. Um, is is it a feud you'll do for SummerSlam or any of the other major, major pay per views? Obviously not. But for a, a pay per view, maybe two after Mania, sure. There could be something interesting. There. We have really bad answers, Larson. Maybe Ross will come up with better. Ones. I have a good one for Roman. I have a good one okay. for Roman. Cesaro. Oh, that's mm. good. Um, uh, Cesaro maybe kind of did a bit of a face turn uh, following his match against Daniel Bryan. Uh, there are reports that the uh, the spot in the gauntlet match that Nakamura got was maybe supposed to be Cesaro's spot. So maybe now that he has apparently signed a new deal with WWE, they are uh, going about the face turn for him. Um, I would not be surprised if Nakamura has a feud against Roman uh, preceding Mania and then after Mania have Cesaro step up to him. The matches will be spectacular. Uh, so that, 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 you know, that's the route I would go. I think that'd be fun. Go ahead, Ross. Thank you very much for Drew McIntyre. Um, I need to see more meat on the bones of this potential storyline. So I don't want to see this happen at WrestleMania. It needs to be saved until after WrestleMania. As the question asked, I'm going for Bobby Lashley because this new, this new, the sort of new shades on this Bobby Lashley character where he's been the nearly man for so long. And the rumble was the tipping point. It's just going madder and madder and madder as the weeks go on. Let's draw this out until after WrestleMania. Something disastrous happens to Bobby Lashley and all the Hurt Business at WrestleMania. The Raw after Mania, Bobby eats Cedric Alexander. He murders Shelton Benjamin, but he keeps MVP around because he needs a mouthpiece. And then he goes after Drew McIntyre, and we have a big program where just two big men, they slap all kinds of meat. And that, uh, that other man has to be the really aggressive Bobby Lashley, who... because. Uh, for the longest time, I really haven't been invested in Bobby Lashley, but when he started just ripping Riddle, a new that one. Great. That oh, great. Oh, fantastic. And I don't know if that's really just because they've made a right mess of Riddle, but I really enjoyed that new Bobby Lashley. So Bobby Lashley for me, for Drew. And as for Roman, coming out of WrestleMania, I just need to see a, a segment. Back, well, they'd be in WHQ, sorry, in uh, Stamford, Connecticut. We would see Vince McMahon just a random Wednesday afternoon or something, pumping iron, eating raw meat, snorting all the cocaine in his office. And then Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman walk into Vince McMahon's office with a T-Rex on the wall inside HQ. And just Roman's looking around the room and he just catches Vince McMahon's table. And he just looks at Paul and he says, Paul, Vince has got a better table than me. <laughs> If Vince has got a better table than me, that means he's disrespecting my table. And if he's disrespecting my table, he's disrespecting my placemats. And if he's disrespecting my placemats, <laughs> he's disrespecting my best Sunday chiller and cutlery, all that stuff. Basically, we get to a point where Roman Reigns in this new sort of mob leader character that he has, he's taken over the entire company and he's gone straight for the McMahons. And not for a second am I saying that I want to see Shane McMahon defending the honor of the McMahons in matches against Roman Reigns, because we know how that one goes in Saudi Arabia and places like that. I just want to see Roman Reigns as this mob leader just build this massive army to try and take down the McMahons, and then Roman, God knows how long, how long this would last for, Roman eventually takes over his WWE, molds it in his image. I don't know what other superstars you'd throw in there, alongside Paul, alongside main event Jay and Jimmy too, I assume, but that's where we go. Just stretch that out for a year. Why not? I like that's it. great. That's great. That's awesome. That's, That's great. great. 
Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to think if I have anything to add to that. Uh, no, that's good. Although I agree with your point on Bobby Lashley. I mm-hmm. think that like I've been waiting for him. I, I do. I appreciate that. WWE hasn't like I actually thought when Riddle first stepped up to the plate, you think, oh, okay, Riddle. They seem to really like Riddle. You know, he might actually, you know, present a challenge to Bobby Lashley and they have run in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. Riddle gets manhandled every time he gets close to Bob Lashley, which I love. Uh, And then, yeah, there's this new, like, dangerous version of Bob Lashley. Uh, so I like that. I think that'd be great. I think that'd actually be best for like to kept to SummerSlam. I want to see Bob Lashley take that WWE title away from Drew, like have him be the guy that like Brock Lesnar wasn't to Drew McIntyre. And even that Bob Lashley wasn't to Drew McIntyre in the first place. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I think, I think that's really yeah. good. Next up. Great ideas. Great ideas. We've got Christopher Rappersod with a question about one of my favorite wrestlers right now. Let's yep. see what Christopher has to say. So my question is what is Kevin Owens going to be doing at WrestleMania? Because I know he is not facing Roman Reigns again for the belt. How many times they want to job him out to him. So what is Kevin Owens going to do? Let me know, guys. Thank you, Christopher Larson. Thank you, what Chris. do you say? What, what should Kevin Owens do? Uh, I know it's, it's, it's a tried true formula, but uh, they've never done it on the stage of WrestleMania. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. You know they deliver. You know the story is going to be good. Uh, you know, there's a small chance that Sami Zayn might get his hands back on the Intercontinental title leading up to WrestleMania. Uh, why not have Sami and Kevin, Un- uh, Kevin Owens go at it? Fight forever. You want to do it like Terry Funk, Steve? Fight forever! <laughs> Thank you. This is a few that you can go back to. There's still plenty there to mine for good stories. They always deliver in the ring. Maybe Sami senses WrestleMania and know what he'll do? Brain bust, brain uh, buster the top tur- turnbuckle. He hasn't done that in WWE, as far as I'm aware. Uh, bring back some of his PWG slash Ring of Honor type moves. Be able to let Kevin Owens do a package pile driver. It's WrestleMania. You never know. Uh, that's what I'd like to see because it'd be a great match. Uh, Ross, what do you have to say about that? I love that idea personally because we haven't seen. Have we, have we seen the roles reversed? It's always been Kevin Owens the heel and Sammy the babyface. Have we seen that in WWE? I don't think we've seen it yet. So, so why not? Why so, not? Yeah. It'd be fantastic. I think. Um, but in terms of my idea, I just had written down on my sheet of paper here, jump off the pirate ship. But then I thought, I've got to come up with something better than that. because <laughs> No, that's perfect. That's last, last week's SmackDown has really thrown me when it comes to Kevin Owens, because the last thing I was expecting after, I want to put losing in, uh, in little mm-hmm. marks like that, because yeah. of course we saw the referee just stop counting for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. He returned yeah. to SmackDown last week and he hit a stunner on Roman Reigns, which would like leads you to believe he's still in the title picture somehow after losing so many matches against Roman Reigns. So I'm going to go for a Kevin Owens heel turn to happen inside the chamber. He doesn't win and he just snaps. It's very similar to Bobby Lashley, I know. Um, and then he goes after Big E um, mm. for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Big E is obviously the baby face. Kevin Owens is the heel. The promos, they, it's like the potential promos speak for themselves. KO, in my opinion, is much better as a, a heel as he is a baby face. I just loved... 2015 Kevin Owens NXT bastard champion fantastic stuff Um, and again it's just two big men slapping all kinds of meat which is what we want to see at Wrestlemania so I'm going to go for the heel turn and IC championship challenge those are both great answers and in fact I have Sami Zayn written here too but I'm going to call an audible I'll I'll change it up a little bit my thoughts on Sami Zayn Larson everything you said 
was totally right. I, you know, he was the first feud in NXT that he had. He's his best mm-hmm. friend going back ages. The Intercontinental Championship was the first championship that he won on main roster. So if you want to do a Kevin Owens, because people they love doing this, going back to the root story, uh, you can do that. Uh, I'd say, yeah, you have Big E drop the title at like Fastlane. I kind of feel like they need to start developing a bit more of Big E's character uh, uh, to really sort of get him back. Uh, Sammy's hand is just doing way too good work right now in that scene, and it's really overshadowing what should be a Big E project. And so you just put the, the IC title back on Sami Zayn so that Big E can sort of they can reevaluate and and get him ready for another big push because he totally needs to get a big push. You have Owens and Sammy at WrestleMania. I agree with everything you said, but I'll say this. How about this? I'll just throw this out there. So Kevin Owens, he's without the Universal Championship. He doesn't really have anything else going on. He doesn't want to insert himself in the Intercontinental scene because, you know, Big E is a champion. He's like, look, he spent so much time, you know, getting there. I'm not going to put my hands on Big E for the Intercontinental Championship, but I need, I need direction. I need a way to go. So he convinces Adam Pierce to uh, to do something that we don't see coming. So the Miz shows up at WrestleMania and he's like lamenting, I don't have an opponent. I'm sitting here with this briefcase. I might cash it in. Kevin Owens comes out, says Adam Pierce granted me uh, uh, an open challenge match. And Miz is like, well, I didn't I didn't do an open challenge. He's like, well, now you do. Stunner. Kevin Owens gets money in the bank briefcase. He cashes in at the end of the night against Roman Reigns. Ooh. And he finally wins the Universal Championship there at WrestleMania. And Edge is like, what the hell? I just <laughs> this is supposed to be my thing. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's how that's going to go down. Good best I can come up with because the Sami Zayn thing is just I I think that's perfect yeah uh next up we've got Guillaume Halili Jacksonville's number one uh let's see what he has to say which storyline going on in wrestling right now any company is the most in danger of getting really stale thank you Guillaume Ross what do you say which wrestling storyline right now is just it's getting too stale so to avoid being called a shill, which is my least favorite part of this job, no matter how objective, how objective you try and make yourself, I've gone from one for each side of the tracks. I've gone one WWE and one AEW. Nice. WWE for me, because it already is, is Alexa Bliss and The Fiend and Randy mm-hmm. Orton. Yeah. It was a shock to see them not do something on this week's Raw. I was uh, surprised to see Alexa not interfere in that match with uh, Drew and Randy because that's what's been happening every single week for God knows how long. Um, and I'm not sure how you remedy this, um, but I think that is, that's the answer for the WWE. I don't know what to do. I don't know what it is because Alexa Bliss, she's playing the role really convincingly, but what they're having her do, it's just not landing for me whatsoever. I'm just like, so I don't want to say I'm rolling my eyes, but it's a bit like they're trying to go for spooky, but it's a bit too naff. <laughs> is that... Too harsh, I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. And for AEW, it's Sting. Because just like Alexa Bliss, do something different. Have something different than Tony Schiavone interview Sting. Say, it's Sting! It was fine the first time. The 50th time, it just becomes annoying. Um, And then Team Taz have been made to look like a bunch of no-good cooks, is what I'm saying here. Mm. They've had so many chances to attack Sting. Who, let's remember... He's an older fella with a bat by himself with Darby Allen. There's six of them or five of them. Just do something. Every, it's become a joke, and I, I'm I'm almost positive. Given how self-aware Tony Khan seems to be on these impact-paid advertisements, which are absolutely brilliant, yeah. mm-hmm. I think he understands at this point that it's sort of a gag with, I'm going to talk to Sting. 
it's the same thing every week, and I think they probably understand that it's a joke at this point. It's, it's uh, AEW's uh, Emelina, essentially. <laughs> I think it is, but I think they also understand that the end point is coming up in a couple weeks, and I yeah, think the yeah, street yeah. fight, the street fight, I think, is going to be balls out silly because mm-hmm. that's what they've been doing with this is, is, yeah. is just silliness. And so I think that the street fight's going to be wildly entertaining, but I, I agree with you on that front. Otherwise, in, in AEW... I, the only other thing that I could think of that it, it's hard to call it stale, but I fear that it's going to be before too long. And that's Hangman Page's journey. I, I like the thing where he switched the contract this week with Matt Hardy. I like the stuff with the Dark Order. I just fear that if he has like two more of these sojourns with other wrestlers and he's well, I don't fit in anywhere. I just want to be alone and I drink a lot. I feel like that's going to put him into a hole of being a bit too stale for people to want to give a shit about him, climb his way back out. So I do want there to be some sort of twist to Hangman Page, something with a little bit more meat to it than just I'm sad, I'm going from person to person being sad. That might have that might get stale at some point in the near future sooner than later. In WWE, uh, I'll just say this. It's one name, and it's Charlotte. Whatever Charlotte does just seems stale because it's Charlotte, and she just laughs off offense or anybody threatening her. She's just stale at this point, and it's kind of just its a clog. I mean, I was going to say, like, the most obvious answer is just anything related to Baron Corbin, Ray, and Dominic. They've had, like, three matches in a row. But I don't suspect that's going to last that much longer. I mean, I just, I just, anything involving Charlotte these days, mm-hmm. they need mm-hmm. to mix her up somehow. But the problem is they've already done every iteration of her character possible. And at this point, all I really want to see, it, you know, Lars and I had, had the opportunity to interview her, like, years ago. Mm-hmm. And outside the character, she's a thoroughly charming, personable person with all sorts of personality. And I feel like that's never really been reflected in the product in WWE on, on TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe if she was allowed to turn a corner and be a bit more real, um, then we'd see some vulnerability to her character and things would stop being so stale with her. But as she's yeah. presented currently, I'm just, I'm not into it. And it's a bit of a groan when I see her on the screen. So those are my answers. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Seth Rollins. I was hoping when he came back, uh, they'd do something different with his character. Uh, by all indications, he's going to come back as the, was the Friday Night Savior? Is what he's called, call himself now that he's on SmackDown. Uh, granted, uh, you know, the, the my, my perception of that version of Seth's character uh, was, was influenced by that uh, excruciatingly long protracted story with the Mysterio family that, uh, yeah, it probably went too long because Ray got hurt. Nonetheless, it went way too long. It went painfully long. Um, then he left, came back, and I was really hoping they'd do something new because I just kind of felt like, all right, we know what, you know, uh, 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 Monday Night Messiah, Friday Night Savior Seth is. I feel like we've already seen the ceiling of that particular character uh, Seth's been gone for a while. Have him come back. Get that huge return pop. Just do something different. I don't know what that is. Just do something different. Um, and uh, uh, until they do, I just feel like whatever, whatever Seth's going to be involved in is going to get pretty stale pretty fast. It's it's a bit one dimensional. It is really one dimensional with, with Seth Rollins. 
don't know, I Ross. Think, what do you, what I think do you it might be the best thing? work, the best mic work of his career, in my opinion. I know what's the last the same with it going on too long with the Mysterios and whatnot, but there's a real, there's an opportunity for him there to. I know he had Murphy by his side for a while and Austin Theory, I think, for a, a hiccup. And was there somebody yeah. else? I can't quite remember who there was. It was somebody else, wasn't there? AOP, wasn't there back in the day? Yeah, yeah. AOP, yeah. yeah AOP, there's yeah, there's yeah. the real chance there for him to build that sort of stable once again yeah, with people who, who, who actually sort of fit that rather than just saying, oh, he's there, he'll do. Actually, get I don't know who that would be. Maybe Damien Priest because that's <laughs> his name is actually that sort of gimmick. Um, I don't know, but I think there's a, a there's a chance there to do something different in terms of, of in terms of Rollins, and I think it's a, it might be too quick to give up on it. I reckon. Maybe I wonder maybe. if it's I wonder if it's a matter of the fact that he did that feud with Mysterio for so fucking. Oh yeah, long. I mean, yeah. That, that, in my mind, that tarnished the the whole character just because that feud just went on forever and just weeks after weeks after weeks they were spinning wheels. I'm sure buying time because Ray was hurt, and you know I, I try to consider that when 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 you know the stating my opinion, but nonetheless. It just got by the end. It's like, oh, it was, it was, it felt like a, a, a time vampire, like an energy vampire on Raw, which is, <laughs> which is hard enough to watch all three hours of it as it is without just like feeling like you're completely depleted at the end. And then you have Seth, who else doing great mic work, but if, when he's coming out and doing the same promo yeah. week after week after week after week, it's like, oh, I know where this wonder, is going. Just get on with it already. I wonder if there's, I wonder if there's a, like, okay, I'm thinking of, of Alistair Black, right? Uh-huh. Who hasn't been on TV. Is there anything they could do? with Seth Rollins and Aleister Black that A, would not be what they did with Murphy and help elevate Aleister Black, but give them a relationship somehow so they can both sort of freshen up the Seth angle, the, you know, Seth's thing and sort of reinvent Aleister Black. They, they could, could have... Uh, sorry, go on, Lars. No, go ahead, go, go ahead, Ross. Go ahead, oh, Ross. Thank go you. Ahead. Um, I, I could, you could have Rollins in the middle and have Aleister Black be like the dark angel on his shoulder and somebody else be the light one. That's a fucking good idea. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. That's a great idea. You know, this is what I love about Matt Chat Larson is that you and I are idiots. And we totally, bring on 100%. these people because last month it was the same thing with Denise Alcedo. She come she came oh, on. She, she had like great a ideas. million fucking million great, great ideas. ideas. Yeah. And then we bring Ross on and more ideas. I'll tell you what, ideas. I, I was speaking about you two making us here a cult of holic look like amateurs. She makes everybody look like complete amateurs. It's disgusting. Right? <laughs> right? She's so she's, good. She's, she's really a million good. bucks, man. She's, she's really good. <laughs> I know right, Ross man. has all these great ideas. Who should Drew feud with after Mania? I say gender. What am I thinking? <laughs> I said retribution. <laughs> They're both valid uh, answers. I'm not having this from you two. They're both valid answers. <laughs> I mean, they're answers. They're answers. They're, they, I mean, they are answers. You're, they're you're answers. right. They're, they're answers. Uh, all right. Let's let's get some more answers from this question from TNA for Life. Let's see what great he question. has to ask. Great question. Steve Larson and Ross, I want to know, if you could have one band from any era, all time, play the WrestleMania halftime show, give us like a good like you know five songs, just like the Super Bowl show, what band would you pick? Thank you so much. Too sweet. Party handshake. Peace. Thank you, TNA for life. Thank oh, you, TNA man. for life. Oh, the 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 choices here. All all the bands in the world. Which band would I pick to play the WrestleMania halftime show? This is easy. One word, stylized. Two words, not stylized. Limp Biscuit. Bring oh, them damn, back. Come on. Too. God damn it. <laughs> Limp Biscuit. I can't stand them outside the context of pro wrestling, but within the context of pro wrestling, Limp Biscuit is the top shit. They are the best. They're the uh, most pro wrestling band in, in history, potentially. What do you do back they in the day? They are. With them? 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. Cool. And the yeah. hat backwards and everything. <laughs> so my inch is Limp Biscuit. I I have two more. I have two runners up. One I'd say call up Poppy for WrestleMania. I thought she was great when she did the NXT live intro uh, mm-hmm. ages ago, like a year ago, whatever. I thought she was fantastic. Uh, or back up the Brinks truck because there's fans now and just bring in Metallica. You know they want to do it. Uh, have them do some really old school stuff uh, back when they were decent. Uh, so yeah, those those are my answers, Larson. What do Damn. you say? Well, you took my answer, Lip Biscuit. So that's what I'm going to say. The perfect answer. <laughs> you know, usually when they do Super Bowl halftime shows, there's the headliner, but they got like a rotating cast of people that participate. They do medleys of songs and stuff like that. So this is what you do: every mainstream band that has ever done a wrestling theme, Disturbed, uh, was it Alter Bridge that does uh, Edge's one? Yeah, you just have them all come out. Like the, oh, like the end yeah. of the rock and roll induction ceremony where there's this That's giant good. band of like 35 people and yeah. you just do an extended medley of, of all the great uh, wrestling or just wrestling themes, great or not, uh, that have been recorded by by uh, mainstream bands. I mean, not CFO Dollar Sign, not Jim Johnston and not the people who are doing it now. Um, so, yeah, it was a disturb. They did a uh, Stone Cold's, right? Who would? Yeah, no, that's a great idea. But who would be in place of? Uh, 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 Lemmy. Yeah, yeah, Motorhead, yeah. Triple H come out and sink his. his... <laughs> it's That's all good. about the gamer. <laughs> That's good. I like it. There and you then go. you'd have Rage Against the Machine come out and do uh, uh, the Degeneration X theme. Well, that wasn't them, Steve. No, I know, but I don't think that wasn't that just Jim Johnson and some other people? Yeah, probably. Yeah, so you have Rage Against the Machine. I don't, I don't think I don't clearly think just trying to be them. I don't think, I don't think they're going to do that, though. Anything's possible in the World Wrestling Federation. We know that much, don't we? I do appreciate that when I said uh, one word stylized, you knew what I was talking about, Larson. As soon as you (laughs) opened your mouth, I was like, oh, please don't say Limp Biscuit. Please don't say Limp Biscuit. Please don't say (laughs) Limp Because on that one, like a couple albums they had, they tried to just make Limp Biscuit one word. Anyways, Ross, come on. Let's let's hear. What do do you have to say? Well, we all know that WWE liked to tell us how great the 90s were, especially the late 90s with the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars and all of that stuff we haven't heard enough of, quite frankly, here in the year 2021. So take me back. This might be a bit too UK-centric, but take me back to the people who were dominating the charts during the Attitude Era. I'm speaking about the Backstreet Boys. I'm speaking about Five, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, A1, the Spice Girls, but only if Jerry's up for it, Westlife, Aqua. I was going for a medley here. Any, all, the, all the acts who were dominating the charts back in the late 90s, have them just reel off one after another, take up 15 minutes. It would be an absolute blast. Get Vince Ross. McMahon on the stage. That's why everyone wants to see. Ross, are, like you old enough to, are you old enough to remember when uh, Jason Donovan and Bross and Kylie Minogue were dominating the charts in, in, your, in your motherland there? Especially for you. I don't know the other words. <laughs> oh man, because that was my th- those were my jams back when I was uh, growing up in England back in the eighties. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see here. Next up, oh, I like this question here from uh, Church Jackson. Let's see what he has to say. Hi, Stephen Larson. This is Church Jackson here. My Matt Chat question for the day is this: What is your favorite piece of wrestling merchandise? Thank you, Church Jackson. All right, Thank Larson, you, let's hear. What's your favorite piece of wrestling merchandise? Probably the favorite piece that I have is back there. Uh, one of my favorite championship belts ever, the Intercontinental Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dirty Rich sent us some belts. Mm-hmm. I have the Intercontinental title he sent me, and I have the Impact title he sent you. Yeah, back there. Uh, 
So that's probably oh, my favorite that, that I back. own. I'll get that back one day, damn it. We'll see. Um, all time, I used to have an NWO Wolfpack shirt. Mm-hmm. And yes, I know it's not quite as iconic as the original NWO shirt, which is arguably... Although it might be, without a doubt, the greatest wrestling shirt ever, the NWO yeah, shirt. It, yeah, it is. Um, it is. I had a Wolfpack one because I was Wolfpack. I was obviously uh, Wolfpack NWO. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, fortunately, it was not for life because at some point I got rid of it. Uh, <laughs> but man, that shirt was great. I remember buying it at a house show uh, at the, the old Arco Arena where uh, Goldberg beat uh, Kurt Hedig in about, I don't know, 35 seconds. Uh huh. Uh, Ross, let's hear what's your favorite piece of wrestling merchandise? I went to a WCW house show. I've got the date written down here. It was Saturday, November the 11th, 2000. Wow. And I got, and I still have it at home in, in my mom's house, um, a Jeff Jarrett orange foam guitar that oh, says wow. slap nuts on it. I think there's a picture of it on my Instagram. Amazing. But um, yeah, I've still got it in my wardrobe at home. I've got the card here because I, I was trying to remember. Because the only thing I can remember from that show was Queewee. <laughs> That is, that's wow. the only vision I can see is Kiwi going down the ramp in the way he did back in the day. But I've got the card here. It was main evented, by the way. Booker T versus Scott Steiner for the World Heavyweight title. Goldberg defeated Lex Luger. Oh, wow. And then I've got a six-man tag. Buff Bagwell, Kevin Nash, and Sting defeat the natural-born thrillers of Chuck Palumbo, Reno, and Sean Stasiak. And I've also got Mike Awesome and Bam Bam Bigelow. The cat was there. Oh. Mike Sanders. Norman Smiley. What a show it must have been. I can remember Kiwi, though. <laughs> why is it Why is it back then? I just wanted to shit all over WCW, but now I hear that lineup. I'm like, man, I miss that so much. It's probably a really good house stuff. show. Yeah. It's probably a really good house show. You know, it's it's funny because, like, Larson, you talking about uh, uh, Wolfpack, NWO, Ross, you talking about Goldberg versus Lex Luger. I'm on WWShop.com right now, and I'm glad we brought up these characters because there's a Lex Luger fanzine graphic T-shirt and it's blue, and it's oh, for a limited time. It's only seventeen dollars, oh, wow. and I'm totally gonna buy this thing because it's like it looks like an old zine, like an old wrestling actual dirt sheet, uh, uh, like an old zine that somebody did. But it's got, but it's all Lex Luger on the front. I am very excited about that. I am gonna buy that piece of merchandise, and it might end up being my favorite. My favorite right now is uh is actually uh my Britt Baker with the bloody nose shirt from AEW. Uh, because I literally wore it probably 80% of this past summer because I took the sleeves off it, and I would just wear it around the house all the time because like we're in lockdown, so nobody's going to see me, and it just bugged the shit out of my wife. She'd always be looking at me like, why are you wearing that shirt again? I'm like, it's my favorite shirt, and then I would throw it into her laundry pile because we do separate laundry. I would throw it in her laundry pile, and when she's folding her clothes, I just sort of hang out, and then she'd be like, I didn't wash this. This isn't mine. I didn't wash this. I'm like, oh, I don't know how it got in there. You must have just accidentally put it in there. Man, you're going to lose that shirt some at some point, man. Or my wife. Uh, <laughs> my favorite piece of custom wrestling merch, though, is completely this. It's an authentic Dexter Loomis drawing of me and Larson. Yeah, that was that, great. Uh, he was selling off Instagram. He was selling customs for like 50 bucks like a year ago, and I like I was like, oh dude, this is amazing. I so I snapped one up, and uh, so God, yeah, I missed I'm out a, on that. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> I'm the proud owner. He was he, he was like barely. I don't think he was on TV yet. I think it was after the breakout tournament before they reintroduced him. And I started following him because I was like, oh dude, that that character is great. Like just serial killer guy. And then I saw that he does artwork. I was like, oh, I'm getting one of these, and they were like so reasonably priced. So. Yeah, there you go. And then, like, my favorite piece of uh, Friendo merch is, of course, Big Red, winner of predictions, me, 
uh, right here. Somebody crafted this going in raw title uh, uh, for us, which I've held for just an insane amount of time. Well, I mean, you just went back. Uh, I, uh, Ross talking about the WCW house show. I was curious what the house show I attended, what the card was for that. I found it July 17th, 1998, Arco <laughs> oh Arena. Attended, paid attendance of 12,837 for a house show. That's insane. <sighs> yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. So, oh, Yuji Nagata defeated Marty Jannetty. Oh my Disco Inferno what? defeated Scotty Riggs. <laughs> Hooventu Guerrera and Psychosis defeated Damien and, and uh, was it, uh, Cyclops. Uh, Cicope. Eddie, yeah, thank you. Eddie Guerrero defeated Ultimo Dragon. Oh my gosh. Stevie Ray defeated Steve McMichael. Oh, what Sting. a match that would have been. <laughs> that, that's the match of the night for sure. <laughs> right there. Sting defeated the Giant and Goldberg defeated Mr. Perfect. That that's was a good card. Yeah, that was a killer card. I was card. probably disappointed because no Kevin Nash, though. Yeah. Naturally, as you would be. Yeah, I think we we were there for the we, we were there for the Nitro where uh, where the February Scott, before that, yeah. Scott Steiner. Uh, it was after the the pay per view that Scott Steiner turned on Rick, and mm-hmm. he officially became Big Papa Pump the next night. Mm-hmm. Or I think he called himself White Thunder at the time, but eventually he was Big Papa Pump. Holler if you hear me. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, one. Is, is the last one a text question, Larson? Yes. So this is okay. The last, so uh... we've got last video question we have here is from Winemaker. It's Winemaker here. And I've got a very topical match chat question for you. As Mia Yim and Keith Lee have just celebrated their recent engagement, and there are quite a lot of couples in wrestling at the moment, and Valentine's Day at a point of recording is two days away, um, I would like you to, in kayfabe, book the best couples out of all of wrestling. that you Pick anyone you like, stick them together and say they're the best ones, but at the same time, I want you to pick the worst. Who would make the absolute worst couple that will last about six weeks before someone's burning down someone's house or chucking, cutting up their car and all that kind of thing? All right. Thank you, Wayne Maker. Thank uh, you, Wayne. Ross, you're up first. Time to get romantic. Who are you going to pair together? Just steady on, lads, here, because that, this one's – when I thought about this on the toilet earlier, I, I aroused myself. I put together oh, oh, oh. the partnership of Big E and Maki Ito. Whoa! Does the mind like just it. salivate or oh, what? Oh man, <laughs> that's <laughs> good. Thanks to AEW in this tournament, I am fully on. Is it the the Maki Ito respect train? I'm, I'm a, yeah, a new yeah. member. Oh yeah, admittedly so. It's just fantastic. Yeah, same. But, I think a lot of people are, but yeah. And as the for the worst one for me, just because you know Charlotte and Goldberg. Imagine, imagine the two person power trip, but we're <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh, the biggest <laughs> groan in pro wrestling. <laughs> oh, man. I, so I don't know if I don't know. God, these are so bad. <laughs> I'll go back to there is this thumbnail. You know, we out being in, in, in wrestling media or whatever it is we're in. There are those like YouTuber thumbnails we see that are just like overly clickbait. And I don't yeah. even know the names of some of these YouTube channels. Oh, I do. Okay. All right. Shall, we, shall we name them and shame them and set, set the count the pictures? No, no. <laughs> but there was one that had like, it was like a split screen thumbnail. It was like Roman Reigns. It was, I think it was just like Roman Reigns and Becky Lynch cheating on Seth. That was the implication. But when I actually, because I clicked on the video, I was like, what is this about? Where are they getting this from? And it was Roman Reigns cheating in kayfabe in a match and then something else about Becky Lynch. Oh, my goodness. But they they clickbaited the shit. And I was like, <laughs> wow. I'll actually give them points for cleverness because that is the most clickbaity shit. Wow. And I did. I clicked it. 
So I'm going to say in kayfabe, Roman and Becky, because they did that thing before <laughs> where Becky was openly acknowledged with Seth and like she patted him on the butt. And so you get in all sorts of trouble if Roman and Becky became an on-screen pair, especially given that Becky just left to become a mom and Seth to become a dad. Um, also, this is terrible, but this past week, this this clip made the rounds from Raw Talk where Charlie Caruso was talking about <laughs> The nickname DP being a great thing for Damien Priest. So I'm saying, why not get a little bit progressive and you have R-Truth, Damien Priest, and Charlie all be a couple, a romantic couple. And she could call him DP. And it's the there thing, you, go. you know. There you go. It's, it's, That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, the worst is already on TV. It's Ric Flair and Lacey Evans. That's already the worst. And it's also kind of the best. So I'll just stop there. because right, I'm going to get right. myself into more trouble. All <laughs> right. Uh, for potentially the best, I know this, this isn't a reach. Uh, it's Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss, especially now that they both kind of fallen under the spell of the fiend to a, a degree. Like they can that. find each other to bring themselves out uh, uh-huh. of all that. That could be fun. And the worst is just barren with basically anybody. Oh, barren, you put yeah. barren in a sort of romantic relationship on TV and it's going to be terrible. Yeah, yeah, it'll be lousy. Yeah. They had that that uh that mixed tag match, I think, didn't they, with him and Lacey Evans against Seth and yeah, Becky? Yeah, yeah, main event of pay per view. I mm-hmm. think that's what the thing that I was just talking about too. Uh, yeah, that was like the, maybe the worst. That was the absolute worst. I mean, I wonder bad. a lot. Some people might be saying like the worst is Buddy Murphy and uh, Ray Mysterio. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've already had that one. Are they, too, are they still on like, honeymoon? Where are they? Where, like, they yeah, where are they? <laughs> I don't want to get myself in trouble, so I'm not going to comment on that one. We have one more text question here from Joshua Martinez. Says, with AEW being the one big company that wants to play with everyone, the forbidden door being kicked down now, do you think WWE will try doing so as well, or are they more interested in buying other smaller indie companies? Uh, I will start with this question, and you answered your own question, J-Mart, because, yes, they are simply, in some cases, they're they're interested in buying the entire country of territories like they did in the U.K. by buying up Progress and uh, and, and, uh, whatever else they bought there. ICW. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ICW. Thank you. Uh, and so, yeah, they're, they're just interested in buying stuff. Uh, I, I don't even know... I mean, I might be tempted to say possibly when Vince is gone, maybe Triple H, who seems to have more of a finger on the pulse of, hey, doing cool stuff might be cool. Um, maybe, but I don't know that even he would be interested in stuff like that. I don't know. I'm kind of curious what you guys have to say. Uh, I mean, he's he, Triple H is the one that's spearheading the global localization thing. I don't know if that's, uh, you know, at least publicly, I don't know if that's a directive from Vince or a company-wide mandate, but you know, mm-hmm. Triple H is the one who's front and center on all that stuff. So yeah. you can't put it past him that he would follow the same path as WB is doing now in terms of uh, outreach to other promotions. Um, we know Vince in this day and age has absolutely zero interest in collaborating with anybody. Zero, zero, zero. zero. Because zero. I, I think in Vince's mind, he would never lower himself or his mm-hmm. company mm-hmm. to uh, uh, collaborate. With any other wrestling promotions, which he probably sees as beneath WWE, he's just not going to do it. He won't even mention mention yeah. other companies. Like they said, uh, they, they mentioned uh, like IWGP like twice, maybe twice. Yeah, yeah. they don't mention New Japan. They don't mention TNA or Impact. They don't mention yeah. Ring of Honor. Yeah. Uh, they won't even mention anybody else. 
So they're not going to collaborate with anybody else unless they have like a vested interest financially in that, mm. like Evolve, they sent talent to Evolve, but I think they were kind of using that to a degree as, you know, like a separate developmental thing, but they mm. just end up buying it. Um, so no, I don't think Vince has any real interest in a true collaboration with anybody whatsoever. None. Yeah, I agree with everything, yeah. everything you've said there. I don't know what else to say. I just think in the WWE mindset, they're not competing in the wrestling sphere, are they? They're competing with outside like Disney. They're competing against all these movie companies and stuff. So I think that's just the mindset they have and any sort of working relationship with any other wrestling promotion. While it would be fantastic from a fan's perspective, they couldn't give a hoot what the fans want. So they're going after the bigger companies than WWE. So that's where they are. And all the best to them. We'll enjoy the AEW New Japan stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I agree with that. If 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 they did a collaboration, who knows? It'd probably be botched to hell, anyways. They'd end up on Raw, making it boring. It'd be like the invasion all over again. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, they'd have Yoshihashi come in and try to take exactly. the Intercontinental he'd be, Championship. He'd be, he'd be leading the charge. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I would like yeah. to see an invasion. If they are going to go after Disney and Pixar and stuff like, I get a Toy Story invasion of Raw going Buzz Lightyear <laughs> fighting Damian oh, Priest on Raw. Let's get it going. Why not? <laughs> I'd watch the shit out of that. That'd be great. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear coming in, yeah, that'd be awesome. The Incredibles join NXT. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. All right, well, Ross, we can't thank you enough for uh, for taking the time out. Yes, of your thank busy you so much, Ross. No, to hang you. out with us for a little bit. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Thank you very much. All right, well, that's going to do it for Matt Chat. Again, you can submit your Matt Chat question to the show uh, via our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. It's the $20 tier. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be back next month with a new guest. And uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.